Welcome back to the Ask For More podcast. We have been absolutely blown away by your comments on our Facebook group. So thank you all so much for getting involved. We do share exclusive content and continue the conversation on each episode in our group. So please, please do come and join us. Before we start, I just want to say a massive thank you to Claire Kinnaird, who on the group got in touch to suggest someone for the podcast who's on today. From lorry driver to associate director of a billion pound construction company, that's Claire's mum, Shona Kinnaird, who's here to tell us about the chance meets that changed her life and how she broke down the barriers as one of the first women on construction sites around the world. She's now the associate director of MACE, a construction company that employs over 6,000 people with a turnover of £2.35 billion. Joining her is an incredible entrepreneur who we were connected with via our amazing in-studio producer from the AND partnership, Louise Dodds. Her sister, Gillian Wilson, is the director of marketing and communications of wealth management company, Strabens Hall. She's also the founder of London-based Wilson & Wolf, a marketing and events company. From organising weddings in Shanghai to acting in Taggart, she tells us about the twists and turns of her career. A fortunate stroke of luck with the events in your life and the people that you meet by chance should be celebrated. So today's theme is serendipity. We find out about some of Shona's adventures driving a 40-ton truck and how she managed industry prejudice. We hear about Gillian's acting career from Iron Brew ads to LA and how she transformed into a finance industry leader. And as usual, we finish with some advice and an inspo quote. So hello and welcome, Gillian and Shona. Thank you for joining. Hi there. Hello. Hi. <laughs> nice to have you both here. Although we should point out that Gillian isn't in the room with us today. You are here um, in thought and spirit and thankfully through a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, the reason the reason obviously that you're um, not here is just the climate. We are recording at the moment in, in March and there has just been a bit of a shutdown. So um, advise not to travel. And unfortunately, that means you're not able to join us because of the, the problems around coronavirus right now. So thank yes. you. Yeah. How are you feeling about it all, Gillian? I'm fine. I mean, I'm not, I don't really feel worried about it, you know, in that sense. Um, I think it's good to take heed of warnings and everyone doing what they can. Um, I'm definitely feeling more serious about it now than I was a few days ago, but um, yeah, I, I think, you know, on a personal level, you can only do what you can by following advice, but just not going to crazy over it unless of course you've got health issues but um absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and and obviously I should mention um Shona is is here as well um we are recording in London you've come down from Scotland but you're working here at the moment yes work in London Monday to Friday and I'm I'm just getting concerned about how unconcerned I am <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I'm at the back of the train and everybody else is running about panicking and I'm sort of wondering about going, should I be worried? Should I, should so you've I not got a hundred bog rolls in your house yet? No. <laughs> not yet. No, no. Well, I, th I guess who knows where we're going to be in sort of a few weeks time when this goes out, which is in, in April. Mm. But, um, you know, I think all we can do right now is, yeah. is plan and it's genuinely a very, very difficult time for, for small businesses. Um, mm. But, but listen, I'm delighted that you're both here or that we're, be, we're able to record this podcast. Um, you know, I think that it's great to see that business can continue in some respects. Um, and also, uh, we have to address the serendipity. I have mentioned it, but I think it's just amazing. And I love the fact that we all are here today because we sort of know each other and there's like a six degrees of separation. So, um, you know, Shona, we, we mentioned that your daughter, Claire, 
got in touch with us and I think that she's amazing and I'm really really grateful that she did how are you feeling about the fact that she's basically put you in she's tagged you in um uh, wait till I see her but uh, I'm equally very very proud of of where she's got to in life um beating adversity and all the rest of it and and her story but but yes it's great that she's um facilitating me being able to tell my story yeah. too so yeah because your daughter works world. in media as well we're in a similar she industry does, so yes. we're slightly slightly connected <clears throat> but Shona you also um in a, another little bit of serendipity you worked on the uh the building of Royal Bank in Gogerburn didn't you yes yes that was my first uh first assignment with the company I work for now uh, the world headquarters of the Royal Bank um, of Scotland, which was a fabulous project to be working on. That's fabulous. really cool. Yes, because obviously we're sponsored by Royal Bank, so I just I really liked that, and I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that we get that in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually um, it was that that opportunity there that led to a chance. There was a chance meeting involved, and really that you you all you owe it all to some Highland terriers. <laughs> yes, but t- tell us the, the story of who you met yeah, at the time that so, you're working on the bank's building. So I was working um, for a contractor on the the actual project, um, and the the term the the contract was coming to an end for that particularly per- particular piece of work, and um, I had to to take delivery of a, a very big tree which was being delivered to the, the actual construction company's boss. Um, and I lived in the area, the same area as he lived, so it, it was sensible for me to go and, and park outside his house and um, wait on the tree coming from Germany. And uh, I had, at that time, I had a West Highland Terrier called Dudley. Um, and I had to drop into my house, pick him up and take him with me. And I was sitting on the curb waiting on this tree coming and um, the director walked past and lo and behold, he had five little West Highland Terriers who all met each other and, and made a lot of noise and ran about. And we got talking about um, our mutual love of the, the breed and, and how great they were. And yes, that's that sparked the, the conversation and, and actually the rest of my career because, you know, he, he we, we built a... He was the CEO of Mace. He, he yes, he's director for Mace in Scotland, um, was head of the project and said, you know, you need to come and work work with me. So uh, I said, yes, that sounds good. I hope, you <laughs> bought the, go. I hope you bought the dog a few treats that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's sadly um, not with us anymore, but... But uh, Richard still has, I think he even has six now. Oh, my gosh. He has a bunch of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. isn't and, it and lovely, beautiful. though, how that, that all came about? And just a very lovely chance meeting that's just, just through, lasted um, 20 years. Yeah, a conversation on, on a, a mutual love of the, the dog. And, and it just, yeah, opens up and and you learn a lot about each other and... and realize that you're going to be good for each other in industry and yeah, yeah and and obviously louise uh we meant <clears throat> louise, louise i've just called you louise because i have to say we do, <laughs> it happens all the time i know so louise is our production um <clears throat> our production manager our producer in studio and she um you she's your sister but you also look and sound scarily alike which is very confusing yeah. We do, and there's actually three of us, and we're all quite alike, so it's a bit confusing for people. <laughs> so you've got two careers, really, that you're that are running parallel at the moment. Um, how's the event side of things for you right now? Um, well, everything's on hold. Um, it's just unprecedented right now, and and no one wants to make any plans because 
you know, no one knows what's around the corner and everyone's just trying to be careful. So mm-hmm. everything is just totally on hold until further notice. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people that can relate to that. It feels like lives are somewhat on hold at the moment. Mm. So um, mm. we'll, see, we'll see how that, hopefully a few people that I know have mentioned the situation in China and how that seems to be unfolding now, you know, two two months on and things are beginning to return to normal. So that's hopefully a good indication of things to come. So hopefully now when this airs, that will be the situation we're in as well, which will be, yeah. which will be wonderful. Fingers crossed. Um, but Shona, um, before you started in Mace, you were made redundant from a job. So you were working with a grain merchant doing purchase ledgers. Is that yes, right? Yes, yes. What made you decide to go from that, being made redundant, to becoming a lorry driver? Oh, well, it, it was more uh, needs must, um, bills to pay and uh, a, chi- a child to bring up. And uh, it was, you know, you, you, you scoured the, the newspaper, you, you, you waited at in those days, the, the jobs page came out in the local paper on a Friday. So the Friday morning was like, oh, I must get to the jobs page. And and there was just nothing, nothing. And you would apply for jobs. And, you know, it was just in a time where everybody, you know, it was not recession, but times were hard. Um, and uh, my father, I come from a farm. My father's a farmer and uh, we, we have connections into the, the haulage industry just through transport of grain transport of animals um, from the farm and um, there was a conversation about you know you you couldn't drive a lorry type thing and and that's a bit like a red rag to a bull to me what what do you mean I can't drive a lorry <laughs> um, so I immediately embarked on um, <laughs> on a, a, a course of learning how to drive a, an arctic lorry and passed my test and um got some driving experience with the local haulage company and then got a job actually driving a, a tipper lorry from Aberdeen down to the Liverpool area with animal feeds and <laughs> fertiliser and yes it was it was fun times. I mean Did, that's these like 40 tonne yes. trucks. Yes, yes. They're not, they're no wee. No, no they're not small. <laughs> you have to climb up a ladder to get into them but but actually they're very easy to drive once you're up there because you can see everything. What an you adventure. Know, it, it, yeah, yeah, it was it was good. But was so, good. so that was your usual trip then, you were going from Aberdeen down to Liverpool? Um, normally in the harvest time it would be collecting grain from different farms so it would be anywhere really in Scotland and then take it back to distilleries or maltsters or, or grain feed merchants to be made into an end product of, of some kind um so yes it was it was good i made a lot of good friends in in that job also and there of can't course have been many women doing that though no 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 there, what was it like there weren't many doing that as a, as a job um again it, it was like and something that's kind of followed me through my career is if if general chit chat and someone saying oh she did this and because you were the only she in the industry it was like oh god they're talking about me again (laughs) (laughs) but yes it was it it was great fun um I I wouldn't have said it's something that I would have chosen as a lifelong Mm. career I think um it it was good at the time um I was young I was I was a little bit you know I was adventurous I wanted to get out there and show the world that you know nobody was going to tell me I couldn't do anything good on you and um did and then hung up my keys a few years later (laughs) (laughs) but there was there was a trip a really special trip that you decided to do and you took your daughter Claire who was quite young at the time from Dumfries to the Algarve oh we did we did (laughs) we we went um a a friend of mine did uh, a regular trip with paper from uh Dumfries paper production place in Dumfries to paper mills in Europe and uh, we we did an adventure from Dumfries uh, uh, an arctic load of big rolls of paper to go to a print shop um, in Portugal was what I was told originally 
and I had the address and it was a, a town called Villa St Real um, and of course there was no way I thought he's never going to be sending me to the Algarve so I went to the Villa St Real in the north of Portugal lo and behold it was in the south so we then had to make our way all the way down through Portugal <laughs> which then I have to say um, just the country just sold itself to me I, I love the place now um, and we ended up in this tiny little village on the Algarve um, with a very big lorry and a very big load of paper and um, sat on the beach while while we were unloaded and then came back through Spain to pick up a load of sweeties um, from a town called Valladolid and uh, brought that back to Trebor Bassett in Ooh. Birmingham. Yeah. Oh, I bet you don't have a short little daughter at the time. <laughs> it was sealed. It was sealed. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a case of, well, we'll just have a packet of Dolly mixtures or something. She'd be hyper by the time she got home. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. it, it was an adventure. It, it was an adventure. Um, it, I mean, it sounds amazing. It sounds like a really nice journey and actually a really interesting part of part of your life. And it's almost interesting to go back to the, to the start, which I'm going to suggest with you as well, Gillian, because mm. you were an actor in Taggart and... <laughs> <laughs> and you did Iron Brew adverts. <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? Um, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Well, I, I got into acting, well, into drama when I was at high school. It kind of helped me with my confidence because I was a very shy girl and got into acting, really loved it and wanted to, to do that as a career. Um, my mum and dad wanted me to, to have a... A proper career and um, they wanted me to go to uni and study something you know not not like that so I, I studied Scottish language and literature at uni mm -hmm. but I always had this love of acting and wanted to carry that on so I did, did bits and pieces all all throughout that in my spare time was doing short films for the art school and did a few commercials and things like that and then got taken on by um, an agent who was based in Edinburgh and just took on quite a few acting roles while I was working in a bar and a restaurant after uni. And one of those jobs was a bit part in Taggart. And so, so what was your role was... in Taggart? Tell us, tell us a bit more about that. What was it like? You no, know, it was tiny. It was, um, <laughs> I was the secretary of the guy who was, I think, the killer on the, that episode <laughs> there's been a murder <laughs> it wasn't a great deal to say yeah <laughs> um, but it was an amazing experience and you know when you tell anyone that you were an actor in Scotland oh, are you in Taggart they say yeah, like, yes sure. yes I was um, and also Iron Brew well it was Iron Brew 32 which is the the energy drink and that was that was a lot of fun as well I would say in terms of acting in Scotland that's like the pinnacle <laughs> I know <laughs> being in Taggart and an Iron Brew ad you're famous yeah. I know brilliant <laughs> yeah it was great yeah it was fun to do but it took you to LA interestingly you, you moved to, to LA for a while yeah. yeah yeah well I got cast in a in a feature film which was about rugby um, and I come from a rugby family. My dad used to captain Melrose, um, and Melrose is the, the home of the Sevens, mm -hmm. um, and the film was set in Melrose, and it was about um, a team from Kansas coming over to play there. So I, ju I jumped at the chance to do that film because it meant a lot to me. Mm -hmm. um, and then when it finished, I thought, I'd met all these people from America, and I thought, I'll just, I'll just go over and see what all the fuss is about, see what's going on there. As you um, do. <laughs> yeah. 
So signed up for a, an acting class, went over there and stayed for a couple of months, three months. Um, so that was that was a really good experience too. I mean, but you you had this new career, this new lifestyle, um, which I don't think many people would have the the, the balls really to chase. <laughs> you know, it, it takes real gumption to chase something like that and to just go out and do that. Mm. What was it in your life at that time that made you decide just to to uproot and leave? I was just having, <clears throat> I don't know. It was. I'd done, I'd finished my degree. I was working in bars. I was, I was getting a few good roles and I didn't really have any real ties. I'd actually just broken up with a, a boyfriend as well. And I just thought, you know, why, why not? Just go, just see what's going on out there. Oh, what's you're one of them. You're, you know, there's a lot to be said for having a broken heart and what it can actually do to propel you onto something better, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, although I'm not sure I was broken hearted, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> just so you know mate it wasn't really that important just, just so you know yep. I, I mean I think you both had like a really interesting start and I think for anyone that's listening that's starting out on their career it's it's good to know that it's probably not going to look like what you think it will in 20 years time and you know fast forward 20 years for you both and, and your life is very different and you're in very different careers um, mm. for, for yourself Shona um, you're now obviously in the construction industry. Yeah. So um, how did that then change? You, you you stopped being a lorry driver and you were, I mean, you were getting your hands dirty in the I construction getting, industry. I was, I was getting down and dirty, yes. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I knew that the lorry driving wasn't, wasn't going to be forever. And of course, I'd met Richard and he'd given me the opportunity to um to progress and, and join... He's the boss of Mace, yeah. yeah. Yes, um, join Mace and... I said, well, I don't have formal construction qualifications or anything. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. It's it's your character. It's your you know. It's you that I think would make a make a, a good person in in my company. And I thought, right, okay. So um, I mean, I was extremely lucky to to have met him because he did um, push me uh, to go through on site training. So I did all my all my studying while I was actually working. Um, I got the time to do it and it was yeah it was an opportunity that that just helped me go forward and forward and I I don't a lot of people seem to think oh you were just a token female at that time you know mm -hmm. you the companies were all saying oh we need to have equality and we need to employ women that but I don't get that feeling because I was given responsibility I was put out there on my own um, and it would be a, a sink or swim type situation mm -hmm. I suppose but the support was there um, you know give us a call if you need anything but you know if you want to do this you need to take the responsibility and and that kind of made me want to try harder um, because I, I wanted to be better than my yeah. better than my colleagues better than my counterparts I wanted to show them that you know it didn't matter if you you know if 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 you looked after your fingernails you could still do the job you just wore a pair of gloves as it was as it were so yeah I, I was really lucky and and got in and started um as construction manager on the site and uh yeah it was, it what, was one of the buildings that you did um was the the, the, the aldi in bathgate <laughs> <laughs> and there was a, and it's interesting i'm bringing this up because i think it's really interesting the reaction to lack of women yeah. in the industry at the time there were lots of women as project managers but no one working on sites really that's right um, most of the female staff were were in the office um sort of dealing with communications and and sort of letters and emails and things whereas to get a female and actually it's very interesting because I, I, I don't think I mentioned this to you earlier that on the 
the Aldi site in Bathgate, it was actually a female site engineer that was working for the contractor. Oh, yes. So there was two of us there. Um, I got the, the nickname of the Aldi Queen because I think I actually went on to, to do about nine, nine Aldi stores in Scotland. Um, Other supermarkets are available. Yes, <laughs> I, could, I could tell you where all the, all the sockets are in these stores. Um, but yes, I was, I was coming out of the office on site and walking past the gate and, and we, had, we had logistics teams in place that would open gates. And, but there was a lorry waiting to get off the road and I thought, go open this gate and get this guy in off the, in off the road. And he pulled in and, and I said, can I help you? And he said, uh, I'm looking for the site manager. And I just said, can I help you? And he said, I'm looking for the site manager. And I said, <laughs> can I help you? And he was getting really irate. And oh, oh, OK. And, and it was like he really didn't know where to look or what to do. And it was... Isn't it you know, interesting just... the reaction to you? And it's not just something... You've seen it at, at all levels in your career as well because sure. you were working out in the consulate in Saigon and simultaneously doing the UNHQ in Hanoi. Yes. <laughs> not one to take on small tasks. No, really. no. Um, go, go, go big or go home. <laughs> so, yes, I'd, um, I'd been working from, from being the Aldi queen. Um, I'd gone to work on T2 in Dublin. And when I was, we were coming to the end of the project there, and everybody in the team was 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 getting their new project where they're moving on to. Oh, you're going to Heathrow, or you're going to Gatwick, and you're going here. And um, my father used to call me every week and said, "Have you actually heard where where you're going yet? You're just about finished there." And it was always not yet, not yet. And and then one Sunday afternoon, I got a call saying, "Would you go to Vietnam?" <laughs> And I thought somebody's pulling my leg. You know, it's kind of, nobody goes to Vietnam. I'm really glad to hear this after working on however many Aldis that they find through your bone. <laughs> so, so I said, yeah, why not? So my father called me on the Sunday and he says, have you heard where you're going yet? I said, yes, um, I'm going to Vietnam. And there was just like this eerie silence. And he said, I think they've stopped fighting there now. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. So, yes, um, went out there to... Um, the first project was actually a Nokia factory in, in the very north and from there moved on to, to do the United Nations World Headquarters in Hanoi. And as that project was coming to the end, the next project was in Ho Chi Minh City, which was the new German consulate. Mm -hmm. And the project manager was down there saying, Shona, you need to get down here because I've mentioned that, that you're a woman and, and they're not at all, you know, they're not comfortable with a woman trying to run this site. You need to get down here because I've told them once they've met you, they'll be fine, but, <laughs> but you need to get down here and meet them. So, so they were nervous about the fact that They were very nervous were about a woman. a woman running a construction site. The, both the locals, both the Vietnamese side and the German side were, were a little bit nervous about it. And do you think that had anything to do with the kind of cultural differences or was it the industry? Um, cultural in Vietnam because uh, the women do all the labouring in construction in Vietnam. There's no right. management position. There's no wow. women in management positions. Um, or if there are, it's it's very recent and, and very, very new. Um, the Germans, they were just nervous. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were nervous of it being uh, being a female that was coming to, you know, we were, we were going to have maybe mm. 2,000 workers on site. Yeah. Um, it was a big project. There was a tight schedule. Um, they hadn't had experience of female construction managers before. So it's, in uh, it it's was... interesting looking at the journey that you've had with it and actually yeah. just how you've climbed the ranks well, and I, I proven the, yourself. The more that people were nervous, if I heard, you know, they're not very sure about you being able to do this job, the more it made me 
want to do a good job. So I, I, they probably prodded me into doing better and better yeah. and better every time because I thought, I'll show you. I'll show you. I can do this. I can do this. I think it's so funny um, that you have that attitude because from speaking to Gillian, you are exactly the same. You know, you definitely like a challenge and you feel, um, you know, you, you, you when the chips are down, you seem to, you know, do your best work. <laughs> and I think that's amazing. So, you know, for you being out in L.A., you've been performing, you've been, you know, acting, you've been doing a lot um in the arts really so mm. how on earth did you go from doing that to the work that you do with Straben's Hall um <laughs> yeah good question um well when I came down to London I'd come back from LA I got chicken pox um oh. and got rested up at my parents house for a bit and then um didn't really know what to do so I thought I would come down to London to see what all the fuss was about and um I came down and um, ended up working quite soon after for an events company, um, and I loved it. I just I, I loved doing events. I loved everything that goes with that. And whilst on the job, was learning a lot about marketing and about business development, and um, did that for quite a few years. And it did get quite intense um, because you know events by their very nature are quite stressful, and you, you're 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 running many events a month mm -hmm. um and I'm, I'm not really sure what the what the starting off point was but i just decided at, at some stage that i wanted a break i wanted to change i wasn't really too happy with the environment i was working in mm -hmm. and um well, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly not too sure why i decided that financial services was the way to go but but, but you did it really intensely like you didn't yeah. do it half measures you decided that you wanted to move into the finance industry and you were sort of juggling that career and and doing a, a course you finished a whole course in like a year and a half didn't you yeah i just i think it was um uh, it was a slow process i suppose of just starting to educate myself about what the financial services industry was it just it was something that i had never even really thought of before i didn't know anything about didn't didn't know anything about the stock market i didn't it just wasn't anything that my parents ever looked into or anything that had been in my past and when i found out more and more about it i just found it really interesting and um one of my cousins was a financial advisor I had a couple of friends who were financial advisors and they told me that it was a good career and that it was something that i would excel in if i wanted to do it um and i just thought you know what let's let's just go for it and but, but that um, was one of your toughest challenges wasn't it though it was re-educating yeah. yourself in finance and i think you at the time your child wasn't well one of your children weren't weren't particularly well so that was a bit later so um when i i quit that job and decided to um start this the training um re, um sorry the learning for the diploma um and while i was doing that i was just starting out in this new role um, at straben's hall starting from the bottom and I completed that, and then it was actually my second child um, that was that was unwell. That was that was a, a sort of second very difficult stage. Mm. Um, he he didn't have an an illness as such. He just um, he had what we discovered was kind of a curvature of the spine in his neck, 
and it was either to do with the way that he'd been in the womb or something to do with the way he was born and he just cried all the time all the time um and he was awake all the time and i already had a um a a two-year-old and I just and we'd recently lost my mother-in-law, and it was just there was a lot of things oh, happening God, at once. What time for was, you? Yeah, it was. I just found it so so hard. Um, but you just have to carry on, really, because mm. there is no alternative. No, of course. Um, so that was yeah, it was a tough time, but you know, you just get on with these things, and you look back and you think, thank, thank God I made it. Mm. But but do, do part of that, I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with a, a child that's very very sick. Um, or that, and and you've got so many other things. Was it important to you still to continue um, focusing on your career? Um, did you find that was uh, that offered you respite, or did you feel that that was um, offering you something else at the time that you needed? Um, I think it's something that I've always needed, and I always will. I always like to keep my mind busy and and to be doing things and to learning things, and you know, just getting a break from being in the house and having to be solely responsible for someone else it's Mm. yeah it's a welcome break and it's a different kind of stress or or not a stress you know going to the office and someone saying would you like a cup of tea would you like a biscuit (laughs) do you know actually so I don't have children but I'm I mean you'll be able to help me out on this one a wee bit as well Shona um I have so many friends that have children and they say that actually it's like a break going back to work I can actually, I genuinely can believe it because it's just, um, I do have nieces and nephews that I look after and one afternoon is more than enough. Yeah, um, it's cool. exhausting, <laughs> mentally draining and they, you know, they take everything. They take yeah. everything emotionally. Yeah. Um, so, so I can definitely, I can definitely relate, but um I mean, you, you you continue to do a lot. Both of you have travelled a great deal, can I just say. Mm-hmm. like, And I think it's amazing that, you've, you, that you have this in your career because so many people want to be able to travel. Did that stop for you once you'd had children? Um, it did for a little while, but it's, um, it's starting again. Um, mm-hmm. And that was uh, kind of not on purpose, but it's just I've, I've allowed myself to be open, opened up to it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't want to be away... I mean, there one is under two and one's just four, so I wouldn't really want to be away from them for, for any length of time right now. Um, so it's kind of been a case of lucky timing and you know opening yourself up slowly, taking things on as they come. As I say, you're both incredibly well travelled, and I think you've amassed a lot of um, a lot of air miles in the past. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's been sort of one of your most exciting um, journeys, or one of your your sort of most exciting places to to visit? And I get that this is a kind of a strange time to talk about it, given the climate, um, because we're clearly not travelling right now. And I think you know globally, it's definitely something that we're we're looking at. I know a lot of people will be listening to this and very envious of maybe failed holidays and failed travel plans. Well, I actually have failed travel plans this week. I was supposed okay. to make a flying out on Thursday. We're grounded. Um, but that was actually, it wasn't the holiday I was looking forward to. It was more catching up with the people that I'd been working with in previous years and in the, the Far East in Asia. So it's missing connecting with these people who, who, if, you know, if I don't go back there, I probably won't see them again because mm-hmm. they're, 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 um, they don't get visas and they don't have the money to travel so it's you know I, I spent a lot of time working with them and got a huge amount of satisfaction from from what they learned from me and and what we produced together mm-hmm. so we keep in touch but I think just on the spot there um with travel 
the the best travel experience that I've had, I think, was I went to um, Laos and I rode the elephants, but not not the elephants with the the saddle and everything you just get thrown on the back of an elephant that's oh my gosh like, it's like um, jungle book style yeah they're in a <laughs> sanctuary and and it, you basically just trek through the jungle um you come into the river you've got to bath the elephant after you after he's carried you through the jungle and then well, takes back to get the fed. polite thing to do yes and and it, it is it was just such a fabulous experience and i mean the animals were they're not chained up they're not tied in anywhere they're free to roam and oh. they come back to the feeding station in the morning um there's a set of travelers or whoever's there that can can go they get sort of thrown on the back of the the elephant the elephant wanders down the side goes into the river it stands there well are you going to scrub me now or what (laughs) and then they're left to to roam free and that was seriously one of the best experiences oh it sounds amazing yeah i mean Mm. listening to that obviously jillian do you you you've done a lot of traveling and actually you you know you've you know a lot about um one of the things that you mentioned uh when we chatted in in a brief briefing call was just how much you um, have enjoyed amassing sort of general knowledge along the way so mm. um, I mean I'd written down something about you know mm. the best thing about learning is that you can win a bar tab yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> I just think is, is fab but do you have um, memories from from traveling or like one of your be- best traveling experiences um I mean I, I haven't been to any of the places that Shona's been to I'd love to go to places like that um I think places that I've been to for work um like new york and toronto and stockholm i've always felt really lucky to be able to to go there you know effectively someone else is paying for you to go and to see Mm. these amazing places (laughs) and just to to see how different sides of the world works Mm. i wouldn't say i've had anything spectacular happen there but just being able to get out there and and making the most of of the time that you've got i've loved every minute of that yeah, and do, do you know actually that that's the reason we're, we're talking about travel in light of serendipity is very much about that the people that that you meet and you just don't know when one experience is going to lead to another and mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate of trying to speak to as many people as possible and I've always really enjoyed traveling alone any time I've moved abroad it's always been alone because I really enjoy the fact that you just you genuinely don't know who you're going to meet um, mm-hmm. when I, when I was about twenty one I went out to I was maybe about 20 years old and I went out to Spain during summer holidays. So I was in university and as you know, they take the longest breaks. And I thought, I want to go and do something on this break. And so I jumped on a plane and thought, I'll go and get a bar job in Spain. And on the plane met someone that had had a bar out in Spain and was looking, and they had had accommodation for people as well. So I totally landed on my feet. I was about eight gins down by the time we landed. (laughs) (laughs) So this is great. Um, but I do think there's real strength in life in in uh, human contact, and probably right now is a good time to you know be. I know we've danced around the topic quite a lot, but actually, you know, the moments that that we do meet people, you 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 just don't know when um, you are going to be able to help them or when they're going to be able to help you. And I just I yeah. love the serendipity that exists in life, and a lot of that for me has come through through travel but you're right for the experiences and I am so sorry if anyone's listening to us at home and being like shut up we're <laughs> 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 about travel right now because we've just you know missed out on our holiday to Mauritius um, <laughs> but um, you know I'm, I'm looking at um, what, what, you're bo- what you've both done in your lives and you've achieved some incredible things and some of them have some of it has been through the people that you mm-hmm. that you meet the opportunities that you create for yourself and through your talent and your hard work um, what, what are your plans for the future Shona what are you what are you planning in the coming months? Oh, crikey. Um, I'm trying to avoid 
con- contracting any of this virus that's going around <laughs> or passing it on to anybody. Yeah. Um, I think it's a very different role that I've I've come back to the the UK to to fill. Um, I've been back here a year now, and I joined the the team, the construction team out on Heathrow, and we're working um, doing some work on the the airport out there. Um, it's very different in that it's a, a small project. It's a big project, but it's a small part of a big project. Um, whereas previously, I've had like that's what you're going to build, and you see the start, the the middle, and the end of a oh, of a so complete satisfying. building or a complete facility. Yeah. Um, this is uh, an existing facility, so you're you're doing sort of little bits of alterations, and it's it's just a little bit different, but it's a new challenge for me. Um, so I think get my teeth stuck into to that and and try and improve the facilities for everybody that go through travel through London. Um, but you're also encouraging a lot of young women and girls to move into construction. We are, yes, yes. Um, Mace actively support um, as part of our social responsibility. We go out and about to to schools and colleges and try and attract um, all all sorts into the construction industry. But primarily, um, we try to to get some more females in to to make a. A, a fine gender balance there uh, and that's also great fun um, yeah. I mean I was out in a college in Desborough I think it was not not Sounds being a like local a to London I, <laughs> I don't know where I was they picked me up in the car took me dropped me and said go and speak to these children and uh, I was I was talking and and everybody's sort of sitting with mouth open what do you do and where have you been and and it's great to have this audience that just wants to listen to your stories mm-hmm. and uh, so at the end of, of my spiel I, I'd said to this young lad um, so do you think you'll come and, and join the construction industry what do you want to do and he just looked up at me and he said I just want to be like you. And I thought, wow. <laughs> I, thought, I think wow. you had a wee crush. Yeah, I've made it. I've made it. Some, somebody is envious of my life. Yeah. And I thought, well, you know, you'll have to develop a Scottish accent and grow a few feet before, you, <laughs> before you'll be like me. But, uh, but yeah, and I thought, wow, that is someone, you know, and you, you don't realise how interesting the or, or the opportunities people. you've actually had until yeah. you start telling people about them. And mm. Wow, you know. How did you but get you to do, do that? But you do have a great collection of stories. And, oh, uh, and especially, I think I think it's really amazing work that you're doing in the construction industry and especially encouraging more women and making it seem accessible and mm. achievable and to see how you have progressed and, and where you are with it. Um, when I was a young reporter, I say I was a young reporter, it wasn't, I wasn't really that young. It was only probably about six years ago, but we're just <laughs> going to say we were young because I was in my 20s. Um, <laughs> I was doing a report for STV and they t- they sent me along to learn construction for the day and see a sort of similar apprenticeship program. Yes. And so I got my hands dirty doing some bricklaying. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's very therapeutic, isn't it? It is hugely therapeutic. I just wanted to go home and build walls everywhere. And I'm sounding a bit Trumpish, aren't I? <laughs> my- I'll build that wall. <laughs> but it was really great. You know, it's great to see the skill set there as well. And that young apprentices are still being encouraged. But I yes. think, you know, a programme that focuses on women is, is amazing, mm. really amazing. Um, Gillian, what about with Strabens Hall? What's happening there at the moment? Yeah, we our current theme is women and wealth. Um, so a lot of our output at the moment for the next couple of months is 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 around that theme. We were kind of inspired to do this by some findings from a company called the Wisdom Council. Mm-hmm. They um, took on a campaign called Yes, She Can, um, and it was research that was funded by quite a lot of different big financial institutions who who 
spoke to hundreds and hundreds of women not in financial services just to find out what their thoughts and beliefs were about about their finances about investing and pensions their own sort of budgeting and things like that and it's just so interesting to see to see what came out of that um and a lot of it was just that women have different priorities to men it's not that they're not interested or they don't understand it's just that some of these things will come as perhaps of secondary importance when they've got caring duties or other things because women tend to juggle lots lots and lots of different things and so the research tells us that women do need to understand they want to understand it just needs to be presented in a different way Mm -hmm. what they would say is don't shrink it and pink it we're not stupid Um, Mm -hmm. we just want you to show us it differently Um, and that's part of what we're looking at and that's really interesting. I think that the discussion around mm-hmm. um, gender and finance is really interesting, particularly, you know, as as you've mentioned, one of the one of the uh, podcasts that we did in series one was about funding. So very much looking at the way that women approach funding um, as business owners and business founders um, to men. And, and certainly there is a far greater number of women looking for, for funding um, with grants. Um, you know, m- more often than not, they're not using personal savings, um, unlike men. But then there's the argument that, you know, we make about what, £300,000 less in our lifetime than men do. So, mm. you know, it, that's part part of the reason. So I do think that there's a really interesting discussion to have there. And, you know, I'd actually really love to find out more about investing. Um, I'm now, you know, as I say, now in my 30s, I feel like that's something I should be doing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> definitely think it's something I should be doing. Um, yeah. So, so, but I imagine that um, a number of the events at the moment are going to be on hold for you. Yeah, I mean, we were we were planning um, an event at the end of April, which was going to be looking at, at that with some interesting key speakers and um, our master of wine, who's um, a female client of ours. Um, sold, but... sold. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, we'll we'll send the invites out when when we've got a date because it's on hold now. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of companies that are now looking at how to operate or offer services online. You know, um, clearly the industry that I'm in, even with comedy and things, I'm I'm looking at you know how we can do live comedy shows online or how we can put events or masterclasses on with subscriptions so that people you know mm. pay to, to 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 log in and. Um, you know, I think it's going to be an interesting time for a lot of events companies. I wonder what your thoughts mm. are on, on doing some of them online, you know, setting up a camera or Facebook lives or, you know, whatever mm. it is. Um, some of, I mean, certainly I would be disappointed about missing out on the wine tasting. For sure. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'll just Actually, do that at home with my podcast. I, <laughs> I actually did do a cross-continent um, telepresence wine tasting. I think we were in like three different continents at the time, but that that is a bit of fore planning because everyone has to have the same wines and obviously oh. get tuned in at the same time. But it can work. It can. Oh, I do like that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So so like you would be sending the products to them and they would all take them. Yeah. Just, yeah. So you've like... got one wine presenter in London and then everyone's got the same wines in let's say australia and one in i don't know um france uh-huh. um and then you all taste the same wines at the same time and the presenters in one location and it's it's fun but of course Do- you don't get this sort of human interaction you get, there's no shaking hands and sort of catching up on personal stories that way which is which is always where you make the real networking 
I don't know. It's just turned my sad Friday nights in drinking wine alone into something a bit more sociable, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, today we've been, we've been looking at some serendipitous moments in, in your lives that have brought us here today and that have helped you on your, your journey and your career. Um, I wonder if you have any advice, Shona, for, for people just in careers in general and how they can um, climb, climb and, and achieve the way that you have. I think um, you have to find something that you wake up every morning and you want to go to work, which is the most important thing. And I think if you if you find that thing, you just excel at it and you get better because you're really enjoying what you're doing um, to actually find that. Don't mess around. If, if you're in a, a, a job that just isn't doing it for you, you you're just going to your mental health is just going to go right down the hill. Mm. You, you need to find it. And if it, if it is a case of moving <clears throat> from from being a waitress in a coffee shop to going into a bar to doing temping to, you know, temping is a great way to find different industries that you think, actually, I really like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then you find that, you know, a conversation with someone leads you into another position and and eventually, you know, most people find that that job that just ticks all the boxes for them. But, you know, opportunities come and you just have to grab them when they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let anything pass you by. I love I'm a big believer in, in grabbing opportunities. Yeah. And I, I, I feel very blessed in life that I haven't actually had a very clear idea of what I've ever wanted to do. <laughs> so it's meant every time there's been a really good option and you yeah. know, something's popped up or popped on my plate and I've gone oh quite fancy that and yeah. I'll you know give it give it a shot so I think being open to, to opportunities I, and is, I think that's great. what it is don't ever think you know that that not everything is what it is on the surface you know mm. it can always open doors into other things and sure. take that journey yeah. take that opportunity you know and and uh, grasp you know you're only here for a short time grasp life with both hands <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. that should have been followed by a yolo yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and how about for you, Gillian? What what would your advice be? You have been incredibly resilient and tenacious, and you've you've diversified, and you know now you have two two careers essentially. So what what mm. would be your advice to to women in business? Oh, I mean, I I think my sort of mantra is to if someone asks you to do something, even if you're not ready, just say yes. Oh yeah, and then just figure out later how you how you're going to get how there. How you do it? <laughs> yeah, and that's worked for me in the past. Um, but also just to work work hard. If you if you really do work hard at something and you try, and people will see that and they'll see mm. that you you want to get to where you're going, and and you will get there. And it's and that's what it's just about persevering and and working hard and you know doing the extra hours at the weekend or at night and yeah you you'll get your way there. People feed off your passion, don't they? Um, yeah, and I they think, do. I, I think that that's something that definitely spreads, and you see it with really charismatic entrepreneurs and people that have, you know, started something that they really, really believe in. People that run charities that do, you know, something because it lights them up. That light does spread. And sorry, I'm getting very Nepal again now. <laughs> to rein it in a little bit, but I do think you, 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 it is, it is infectious. That's probably not the right term to use right now, but it's, it is, it is infectious. And should I just finally? we always finish on a sort of inspo quote or um if you have one is if there's something that or a mantra that you have you know that just relates to you um well this year i i have from the first of january my mantra was be kind be kind be kind 
I think there's no better time is, than now to That be is kind. exactly mm, what yeah. it was because so many times I've, um, particularly with mental health, I've, I've worked with a few people and, you know, the thought, You've, you have these thoughts of, oh, God, you know, they're so lazy or they're not doing this. And then later on, you find that, you know, there was something going on in their life and, and you just feel so bad. So I, I just made this sort of personal mantra to myself. No, don't 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 think these thoughts. Just always have the kind thoughts first. You just um, never know what people are going through. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And how about yourself, Gillian? Um, I mean, I love that. Yeah, I've... Um there's a, actually more than one person that I know died last year um, and I think it's just it is just taking that extra step to be kind mm. just not knowing what someone else is going through because most people will never tell you and it doesn't cost you anything just take exactly. a minute to be kind I think that's that's a good one mm. I think off, off the back of that certainly it's it's realizing that we can all be so busy and get caught up in life that we forget um to be patient yeah. with people and we can be you know I certainly found myself at times feeling really irate at things or you know starting to sweat the small stuff um <sighs> you know like uh trying to open a, a, a tin <laughs> and get, getting really angry and realizing that I'm emotionally invested in a tin um <laughs> and I need to have a word with myself yeah. uh, so for me definitely you know yeah. patience but I think it's a lovely way of, of, of rounding things up um Shona it's been so so lovely to have you here and Gillian thank you so much for joining us thanks for, so much for just sharing all your incredible stories and helping to inspire us thank you another, another thank great you. experience yeah thank you thank you all so much for listening we would love to hear your serendipitous stories so get in touch on twitter at tvzarraj using the hashtag ask for more or join our facebook group the ask for more podcast see you soon